0: What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you, and it won't take up too much of your time. As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. 155 we've done 155 of these dexter henry brian fonseca here a lot going on in the world of sports uh a lot especially centered around the nba this is going to be an nba heavy episode so with the draft on the horizon we brought our man jamal murphy the blackitologist that's right he knows college basketball better than a lot of you people out there put some respect on his name been saying that for quite some time murph what's up man how you doing
1: What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. As all you always. know, there's only, there's only a few college guys in here. I am looking like who are the college guys again? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you, yeah. Well,
3: you, you <laughs> know what I noticed is that, and I think I've raised this Dexter like oh, a couple weeks ago when you listen to a lot of these podcasts and they have the college basketball guest or the college basketball guru. It's usually just a white dude who just True. like you know follows college that's, basketball, that's, or whatever. That's we're I'm
1: like, yeah, I am the only one. Yeah, like, you... we're, the, we're the only <laughs> podcast is
3: getting a black college basketball. That's, that's you what, know
0: what I'm saying. Insider like here. Word. You want to talk That's about college I mean. basketball? And need somebody. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know who to find. That's Black After Murph. I have no idea. I literally don't know where to go. And you know, all the players are black, so you know, True. right? <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> so Jamal Murphy's with us. You can catch some of his work. Uh, he's wrote for the Undefeated. He also uh, co-hosts uh, the Bros Pod with William Roden and a new podcast that you're doing right now, right, Murph? You got a new podcast yeah. that you've been up on?
1: Yeah, new podcast up next uh with my guy uh Khalid Green who's an ex-scout for the Nets um also coached uh, high school basketball in the city a lot of into grassroots done a lot of grassroots stuff so we're you know we're talking to like you know the top the top uh youth players or top basketball players and you know juniors and seniors and sophomores and freshmen and not just basketball all sports so yeah check that out
0: yeah up definitely. next Definitely check that out up next. A lot of stuff going on in the grassroots, especially during this time with COVID. So that's that's always interesting. But Brian, well, I want to act, act like we didn't introduce Brian. Brian. Brian is here, uh, just uh, fresh off a new job. First full-time gig, writing uh, for Deadspin now. Uh, nice. Brian, Brian we got to ask this, because we've talked about a lot of stuff at work, so I've got to throw this to you so you can have a chance to explain. How does it yeah. feel to, to have some full-time employment?
3: Bruh, it took... I mean, if you want to count the first time I started an actual blog and was getting paid a little bit to write, you're talking about a seven and a half year window where it's just freelancing and part-time and contracts and you know how it is. So it took a long ass time. Uh, But, you know, I like what Desmond's doing in this new, you know what I mean? They had some turnover and they've relaunched the site in April and I like things that they've been trying to do. I already have my first story up and it was something that, you know, I went into the day and... You got to do your daily stuff uh, in general. And I went into the day not knowing what I was going to do because, you know, it's the first day. The Chris Paul trade happens, which we're going to get into. Yeah. And, you know, another thing led to another. And then I ended up writing about how, look, like this is great for the Suns. But the real key to this is DeAndre Ayton, which we're going to get into later because I think that we're so, we're sort of overlooking. Like, yeah, I mean, this could get into the playoffs, which is Devin Booker and Chris Paul alone. And then DeAndre Ayton is somebody who can really put them over the top. I feel like whatever that over the top is. But yeah, I think that, I mean, it's weird to to like get a job during COVID, but it's also cool. I know that I'm going to be working from home for at least like six months or something like that, uh, which, you know, I don't really have a problem with. And when it's time <laughs> to go into the office, we'll adjust. But like, you know, where you're going to have your daily duties. And the thing that I'm looking forward to most is just trying to get some features going and seeing if I can, you know, try to get those at a, at a routine amount. It, feature stories take some time, so if you can get to one or two a month, that would be ideal. And then some columns like I did today. So, you know, uh, just balancing that out and obviously continuing to build all the stuff that I'm trying to do independently, because when I tweeted that, I said that there's <clears> something <throat> else on the way. I can't speak on that yet. I've told both of you, you guys know what it is. Yeah, already, I know, yeah. But it's when it's ready, then you know, we'll we'll be in there, but that's that's down the line.
0: Well, uh, salute to you, man. You know me, I, I, and I know Jamal feels the same. Yep. We're very proud of you and, and, and happy that you've had this opportunity and grinded and did it, and people need to recognize that. So for all our listeners, please check out Brian's work um, on Deadspin uh, as we go forward. But you talked about your article, right, that you wrote yep. uh, about Chris Paul trade. Let's just go over this real quick before we get into some draft stuff. Um, the Phoenix Suns have agreed at the time of us recording this is in principle, um, on a deal to acquire Oklahoma City uh, Thunder all-star guard Chris Paul, um, this was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, of course. And the deal sends uh, Paul Abner Nader to the Suns for Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lecque, and a 2022 first-round pick. Um, you know, we had talked about this rumor before, Brian. But but Jamal, what did you make of this deal? How impactful do you think this could be for the Suns?
1: I mean, it was. I wasn't expecting it. Really, but um, I think it's impactful for the Suns. I think they just want to. It seems like they just want to take that that next step and at least become a playoff team in the West, at the very least, kind of almost like what OKC did last year. I would, you know, get into the playoffs um, so you can so you can say that franchise is you know taking a turn for the better. And I think I think obviously Chris Paul, when you and you look at what the Suns did, especially in the bubble, uh, going undefeated, um, they're they're a team that seems like they're ready. So adding Paul should get them into the playoffs. I just worry a little bit about uh, Chris Paul. And, and I, I know Mon- Monty Williams is a, is a great coach, but he's still a young coach. And I just wonder, um, you know, I just hope that they mesh. Um, that's the only thing, that's the only negative I could see. If if they start butting heads, you know, Chris Paul thinks he knows more than Monty Williams. You know, he thinks he knows more than every coach probably. So I would just worry about that. But, but on the court, I think it'll you know, get them to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it should. It seems like it's this kind of culture-shifting move for them, right, to try to get in the playoffs. It's not like they're going to be a championship contender, at least I don't think most people think so. But it, you do feel like it could shift the culture. But, Brian, you wrote about the fact that there has to be a, a more to this, and it kind of goes to the point that uh, Murph makes too, right? This We can see some help in terms of him developing Booker, taking the ball out of Booker's hands, also making Aiton a better player in the, in the pick and roll. But Ayton's kind of that player we're waiting to see. Chris Paul's an all-star. Devin Booker's been an all-star. But DeAndre ayton has got to take that next step as a former number one overall pick. Uh, do you think this will help his development? Do you see this as a positive for DeAndre Ayton?
3: This has to be the best-case scenario for him in terms of the development of a young center. I think with Chris Paul, like, we can all admit, as much as we love Chris Paul up here, and he's one of the best point guards ever, uh we were surprised at how good he was last year to some degree right we have to kind of acknowledge that so at some point this is going to be a 16th year he's going to be 36 if he isn't 36 already i think he's going to be 36 next year the other shoe has to fall like we have to see if this is something that's going to continue now luckily he doesn't need to do what he did last year necessarily on this team maybe he can become a more of a 15 point eight or nine assist guy or whatever the case may be, but the key is to stay healthy. I think that if he's your third leading scorer, that's probably ideal. DeAndre, an average 18 and 11 last year, and while it's an 18 and 11 that didn't quite feel like an 18 and 11, I think that Chris Paul can sort of, you know, make, that uh easier transition for him to being the center that we think he could because look this is the first overall pick from a couple years ago and this is what i was talking about first overall pick from a couple years ago he's going to be 22 the entire season up until like july but they probably won't even play into july but he's going to be the 20 he's going to be 22 this this whole year and it's like this is somebody who can really develop and take that next step so you've got to try and get the most out of him because if that happens you're talking about A little bit of a big three situation where you have three all-star caliber dudes. And in the Western Conference, like that is opening up a little bit because we don't know. We don't know how the Lakers are going to look, although we know that they're going to be contenders. We definitely don't know how the Clippers are going to look. Houston's about to blow it up. And when you go on down the line, it's like, hey, Phoenix matches up favorably with Denver maybe or some of these other teams if they could get DeAndre to reach that next level
0: shall be interesting you talked about houston blowing it up it seems like there's a problem down there in houston uh we, we talked about this in a previous podcast westbrook and harden not sort of being in the, the direction or not being in alignment with what the team is doing um, and i think a lot of that has to do with uh their owner tilman Fatita not wanting to spend money but now there are reports that james harden uh definitely wants to be traded westbrook wants to be traded and particularly harden uh a lot of rumors about him coming to brooklyn um now i told you guys this And I've spoken with some people close to the Nets who say, yes, there have been talks. Nothing obviously is imminent, but they have been talking about it. And one person told me they think it's going to happen. Uh, Mm
3: -hmm. It might happen by the time this podcast is up. It's possible,
0: but yeah, it might happen by the time this podcast is up. I think the biggest question that a lot of the critics of this, including myself, have said is, well, how is this going to work? You have three uh, top scorers, uh, one who's very efficient in KD, and we still don't know what KD is going to be like coming back. And then Harden, particularly in Kyrie, both if they're on the team, need the ball. You can't have to, you can't have all these balls. There's not only one ball to go around. Uh, Murph, what do you think about Harden as a fit in Brooklyn? Uh, do you like that? Yay and nay? <laughs> uh, I don't know.
1: I don't think it fits. Um, but if they can get him, they're going to do it. You know, this is and as a as a person who's living in New York in the media. I don't mind it. It's good. It'll be a whole bunch of stories uh, to write about it, whether whether they fit or not. So, you know, it sounds like it's going to happen. All the right people who who need to be talking about it are talking about it um, when things like this are imminent. So I believe it. Um, and like I said, I don't I don't really I don't think it really fits basketball wise. Um, and I, I mean, Ke- Kevin Durant's really going to have to prove himself if. If Kevin Durant can make this work, uh, you know he might get the credit he's so, you know, long, longfully uh, wanted. You know what I mean?
3: I don't. Well, I don't know if he will though, because because I think people would still probably come out and say, "Oh, but you had James Harden and Kyrie Irving." You know what I mean? <laughs> right.
1: But I, was- yeah, I, yeah. I just feel like chemistry-wise, it's such, it's so crazy. And he's the, and he would be the one who would have to uh, pull it all together and be the leader. Now, can he do that? I don't know. But if he did it. I think he would get credit.
0: I mean, he would have to be the one because I don't see the other two dudes doing it. And there's also a lot of pressure. Another issue I have with this, and I'll get this, Brian. There's a lot of pressure on Nash, if this goes down, um, sure. to manage all these superstars and egos and everybody wanting the ball. And D'Antoni wh-
1: there,
3: too.
0: And D'Antoni D'Anton- there, too.
3: I thought him and D'Antoni didn't really, like – I mean, not that they didn't get a Who, ball, harder Who, Harden and D'Antoni? I didn't know that they, like, liked each other like this, where they're willing to do it again.
0: I mean, I mean he's not the head coach anymore. I mean that's for one, and number two, I, if even if you didn't like, even if they didn't like each other, maybe that just speaks to how bad hard to get out of Houston. Right? Like, like I mean, the, I, I'm gonna go back even if I don't like this guy.
3: You, you know what I want if I'm Houston though, because I was I was looking at the numbers and looking through. Okay, how could this trade actually happen, right? And you're talking about Spencer what he's obviously in that deal. He has one year left. Uh, 11-ish million. Go, Karis LeVert's go. gone. Karis um, gone. Jared Allen's the other third, is the third piece. And then I was going to say Musa is one of the other guys you could throw in there, but he's already gone, uh, clearly for a reason. It has to be Nicholas Claxton. If I'm Houston, I'm like, who's the, who's the young player from the Nets that I think can be something? It's Claxton, easily. And it's like Net fans aren't going to want to hear that. Because of, like, the guys they're giving up for that trade, and Nets fans don't really like Harden, but obviously they didn't like Kyrie either, and they're going to warm up to him. They didn't like Durant either. They're going to warm up to him. Like, so it is what it is. Like, this is what – it's not just Nets fans, but this is what fans do when you don't like a guy and he's on your team. Well, most fans, not all fans. Because I'll tell you right now, Trevor Bauer signs with the Mets, I, ain't, I don't give a fuck. Like, I, <laughs> I'm i like, I can't fuck with Trevor Bauer. Like, that's just me. But – uh. James Harden, you're talking about everybody's unloaded there, and then you're talking about Kyrie, Kevin Durant, uh James Harden, DeAndre Jordan's your center. I mean, we'll see. And then whoever the other starter honestly doesn't matter. It might be Karouks or somebody like that. I don't know what you're gonna do with your bench. I just or don't Harris, know. maybe. When you have too much talent, I just feel like it doesn't work. I feel like we see it in college basketball all the time, and we've seen it in the NBA. The Clippers were the most talented team most talented team in the NBA last year, and we saw what happened with them. You know, Duke had Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, and they lost in the second round, or not second round, or the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament or whatever it was. So, like, this happens all the time.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I, and to put a bonus, I think the thing is that you can't, I think you could just put three superstars, if you want to call all of them that, Together and think that it's just going to work. It has to be three superstars that have the right fit. Like when Bosch and Wade and LeBron came together, there never was a time in my mind where I was like, this isn't going to work. They all were pretty good defensively. I was like, it's just about figuring the other pieces around it. This is not one. There's two guys that are not good defensively uh, in, in that situation and dominate the ball. Yeah. And I just see, Brian's used this word to me off us talking on the show. It's like, I see this, I as being a disaster. And I know Nets fans don't want to hear that. And they're so happy to be relevant that they would have three stars in here. And I understand the excitement in that because they are the Nets. No disrespect. But it is about fit and that stuff matters. And I don't think you get, this isn't, this isn't playing 2K. Okay. You not just going to be mashing people up and putting them together and it's going to work.
3: It's going to be one yeah. way or the other. It's either going to be a disaster or it's going to be, like, a ch- like multiple championships or whatever the case may be. I yeah. feel like there's going to be no in-between. And, by the way, the elephant in the room, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, injuries, Kevin Durant coming back from a big injury, and James Harden is taking a lot of contact through his career. We don't know when that body's going to start breaking down. I don't think it will be soon. But, like, these are just things that you have to – I don't think this is quite Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and um, – who was the third guy on that team? Ray Allen. No, 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 yeah. no. The, when they were at the Nets. Oh, ever Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason
0: Williams?
3: Terry.
0: Oh, Jason Terry. You talking that came in the trade? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jason no, Terry right, was in the trade. So yeah.
3: I don't think I don't think this is the Nets Celtics trade. I felt like the third player was better, but it was just Jason Terry. No, no Jason I really t- like Jason Terry. But at that point, but I feel like th- I don't feel like this is that necessarily in terms of because those guys were a little bit older, but it could become that. We don't know.
0: <laughs> who, who, who knows? It's going it's to be interesting, but that could be on the horizon. And you got you got two of the guys, uh,
1: not known not known as team players. You know, let's be honest about it. Mm. Um, you know, I you know they could prove us wrong, and you know, but they, that's what they'd have to do because on the on the face of it, the last few years, uh, Kyrie and Harden have not been the guys you look to as like you know possible glue guys or <laughs> guys guys that you know bring teams together. So. Yeah. I don't know. If they're you're about champ- t- championships or disaster, I think disaster is closer to disaster right now.
3: Yeah, And b- by the way, and the last thing on this, the East is still really good. Like Boston, Miami, uh, Philly is a wild card. We don't quite know Milwaukee. what they're going to be. They're going to be relevant. Milwaukee, uh, I would probably take Indiana off that list at this point. Uh, and there's another team I'm missing. In Toronto, the depending on Toronto. what
0: they do. Yeah. yeah, Toronto,
3: depending on what they do. Uh, Even if they don't bring back Fred VanVleet, I feel like they're going to do something, right? But you're talking about like these are teams where, yes, the Nets will have the most top-end talent, but a lot of these teams will be bringing back a lot of the same dudes. And that chemistry, I mean, shit, Miami only needed a season, and we saw what they did in the playoffs, and there's talks about them potentially getting, you know, somebody. I don't know what that somebody is, but somebody who's going to help them. And I think they have the type of team, and Boston has the type of team, like, there are some teams who could piss these guys off already in the Eastern Conference. So, it's just going to be very interesting, like, when all of this actually takes place.
0: The Sports Walk is back. what Season 3 of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The first two seasons and current season are available now for viewing on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC Web Fest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk. You're approaching the NBA draft, uh, time left in this podcast. You'll be a day away from the NBA draft. That's coming up. A lot of talk around this draft. This is why we had Murph here, um, because he's somebody who keeps his eye on a lot of these college prospects, uh, in college basketball. So, Murph, I guess we'll start off with this. When you look at this draft, there's been a lot of talk that there isn't a even clear consensus number one. How many real stars or superstars are there in this draft? What are your thoughts on this draft and the talent that uh, we could see picked here, especially in the lottery?
1: Yeah, I think I think it is a weak draft overall. Um, you know, I think th- I think there are about, you know, they're, they're probably going to be four or five, though, four or five guys um, that, that have you know pretty good careers, uh, all star type careers. Um, it's just a question of which which <laughs> which four or five that's going to be. Um, I I do believe that it's you know it's the top three guys that I like that you know people are saying it's a, it's a three person draft I kind of agree with that in terms of Lamelo Ball Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman um, and then after that it's a crapshoot and even even between those three it's a crapshoot so that's you know basically you know this whole draft is a
3: crapshoot that's right that's what I'm saying
1: yeah I feel like the dra-
0: yeah go ahead go ahead Brian.
3: No, I was gonna say it's a good point. Uh, because like when you look at drafts, like how often are the top three players actually the three best players? If that, if you look through NBA drafts, that's probably never happened in history
0: ever. You know what I mean? It's a good point. That's actually a good point. So who do you, let's look at Minnesota at number one. Um, they got an interesting decision to make. Uh, James Wiseman has been avoiding them because he doesn't want to do any workouts or anything. He has nothing to do with them. Um. It really seems like this kind of comes down to them between Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball. If you're the uh, Timberwolves, who do you take there?
1: Well, I mean, Jeez. that's what I'm yeah. saying. It. To me, it's a it's a crapshoot. Again, I mean, to me, Lamelo Ball is the best player in the draft that I've seen. He didn't even play in college, you know. But just in terms of who I've seen actually play, uh, and I you know I've seen a lot of him. He's he's the one who jumps off the screen to me when I watch. Um, but You know, does Minnesota take him when you basically have, you know, someone like him and D'Angelo Russell? Uh, You know, some people think that they can, They, you know, I'm sure they could play together because at least LaMelo Ball is very unselfish. Um, But I just don't, I mean, the fit, fit wise, you would go Anthony Edwards because he's like a classic two guard, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, athletic six, five can shoot, but then he has issues in terms of, um, you know, how dedicated to the game is he? How hard a worker is he? um so if i'm minnesota i don't know what i do i you know you you have you have carl anthony towns already so do you do you, you know wiseman seems like might not be the the best fit i would go anthony
0: edwards and, and just pray <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a typical mixed draft that's what it sounds like to me um yeah i i, I would think that's probably where they would want to go in that but you said after the top three this is even more of a crap shoot Right. Which doesn't yeah. give, you know, fans of you like a Pistons fan or you're a Cavs fan or you're a Knicks fan, picking in that five to eight range. You know, you, you can't be happy about that. All right, so in that range, we're going from four to thirteen. Forget about the on, five hold to eight hold on,
3: hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me say this first. Uh first overall pick, I agree that they should get Anthony Edwards.
0: Really?
2: But
3: but 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 I don't – Anthony Edwards, I like him the least of the three. I just think fit-wise he makes the most sense. I also think that this is probably the draft where if you have the number one pick, you should probably trade out of it because this is not really the draft where you want that high of a pick. But what I want, what I want is for Minnesota to draft LaMelo Ball because I want to see LaMelo Ball, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team.
1: (laughs) Do
0: you? Do you?
3: Just – because you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Like when you see – like we talked about, how is Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving going to work? I want to see how Lamelo Ball, D'Angelo Russell, and and, and Carl Anthony Towns work just as much. That is that is probably that is that might be a funnier or just as funny of an experience. They'll
0: score. They ain't gonna stop anybody. They'll score. <laughs> right. They ain't gonna stop. This. That's that, those are three bad to below average defenders there. Um, Carl, even, even LaMelo Ball's defense leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, right. So, yeah, that's yeah, – that, I don't – yeah. You want the anarchy. I see what you're going
1: for. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this I anarchy is probably either way.
0: That's yeah. a good point. It probably I mean, is. And it's
3: Minnesota who cares.
0: You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Timberwolves fans <laughs> are going to be so mad at that. They're going to be so mad. Uh, so, 4-13, if you're in that range for the lottery, and it's such a crap shoot, Jamal, who, who, who's, are there any guys that could fall in that range that you really like? Uh, You know, we've heard a lot about Halliburton, Killian Hayes, uh, some people are enamored with Obi Toppin, Um, Isaac is there, is
3: there, is there a Donovan Mitchell or a Bam or a Tyler Hero type of player in this draft?
0: That could go Great. to the mix?
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, is there somebody like that who, they might not get picked to like 11, 12, 13, 14, where, you know... The teams there, they're probably like, you're looking at it right now, it's Boston, New Orleans, Sacramento, and they could, well, it won't be Sacramento, but they could potentially find that star and develop. I,
0: I want to say this before Murph answers the question, for people who cannot are not viewing this podcast, they'll see Murph is like looking, I don't know whether you're looking at a list of play, players or something, mm-hmm. but it looks like a struggle. Like, you know, you're like, man, I don't even know how I'm going to take this stuff. Yeah, That's true. what it looks like. like. It looks like a struggle. And I feel like, damn, if Murph is struggling like this, the GMs ain't going to feel so good. But tell us what you got, Murph.
1: Yeah, I think it's like it's like two categories, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you talk about a guy like, yeah, I don't see a, well, I mean, I don't I don't see like a Donovan Mitchell type, a guy like that. Remember, Mitchell came in his first year and, and, and did his thing um, on a very high level. I could see guys maybe their second year doing that, like Okoro, like a Patrick Williams, who I loved at, at Florida State. I don't you know. know. He, he, jumped, he jumped off. uh off the, the court in terms of like when you're watching Florida State play and he yes. was a, and you knew he was a freshman, but he only got like, you know, uh, Leonard Hamilton, Hamilton plays like 10 guys in all like 15, 20 minutes. So you never felt like you saw enough of him. Um, but I think in a couple of years with, with the right development, he could be a, ma- a big time player. But then you have guys who maybe could help you right away, like an Obi Toppin, someone like that, uh, who. Again, if you want to talk about what he did in college, I mean, he was an absolute beast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In co- I mean, I mean, I mean, he was I mean, he was doing he was doing dunks I've never seen anybody doing games.
3: Yeah, you know, Yeah, I think he's the he's the he's probably the pick that would piss the Nick fans off the most if they got him at eight. I think yeah. I think that would be, yeah. I think I still think well, he'll be a good player.
2: But
1: yeah, I, would, I, I If he if he went if he fell to eight, I think you
3: know
1: you could do worse than that. Um, Halliburton is a guy. Burton's a guy that a lot of people like um not the most athletic but like but you know a very good all-around player um a winner you know people would say um so you know he has good size so I think that's a solid pick uh oh and uh Onieka, Okongu. Congogo mm. yep. uh, people some people think should go should be in that top three but I but, but I think people real recognize that he's like he's like a high floor guy. Like you bring him in now and he could probably play for you right away because he's great defensively, great size. And maybe he develops uh, into something more. So in a draft like this that you could easily swing and miss, he might he's he's one of the true safe bets, I think. So if you if you can get in between four and eight, you might have to jump with that. Um Besides that, it's looking kind of thing, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, 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 sounds, that sounds like it's going to be the message of the draft.
1: Uh, I do. I, Precious Precious Saturia, he's, he's a New York City guy. Yep. Um, great size, great athleticism. Um, still kind of raw, and I think what's holding him back is that he's 21, so he's kind of old uh, to be a fresh. He was old to be a freshman in college, so people are a little worried about that, and of course that what that does to your potential. Uh, you know that he's already 21, but I think. Uh, he has a lot of upside. All right, that's. that's I, want,
3: I want to. I want to throw three names at you, all of whom uh, we've all seen in college. Actually, three of them that I'm. I'll probably throw. I, I might throw the fourth one. We'll see how these first three go. Uh, Cole Anthony, who's from Queens, we have both seen him up close.
1: I like Cole. Um, he, it's tough. That, that's like, a good answer, right
2: there. Yeah,
1: honestly, I like Cole. It's, <laughs> just, it's, it's just yeah. You're not. You're not. You're not sure um you know you know he's athletic but is he you know how athletic is he um and how consistent can he be you know uh shooting wise and then and mentally i mean he's been like the man uh his whole his whole high school life and and earlier than that can can he get along with other guys that's that's kind of a question
3: yeah i mean I mean, how many, how often, and you watch a lot of college basketball. How often do you see a guy who, in his freshman year, plays for a losing team, shoots forty percent, and then becomes a star in the NBA? That doesn't really happen. He, um, he played a few games, though.
0: So. That's true I too. Mean, more yeah, I than
3: heard. A few, but I know what you mean. Like he did, he did get a season cut short, so we'll cut him some slack. I still have hope uh, as a New York native, but I, I don't know. He seems like the kind of player. Like I don't know. It depends on the situation. Uh, Trey Jones, who I think the Knicks should probably get at twenty-seven. Uh, you know, solid.
1: I'm not sure what he, I think. I think he's more like a, you know, a career backup. Um, you know, good. You know, solid defensively. So I don't, I don't, I don't think he he'll make that big of a difference to whoever drafts him. Uh, but he might be a solid player down the line.
3: And possible Miami Heat center because they really like him, Vernon Carey Jr.
1: I actually like Vernon Carey Jr. a lot. I like I like him a lot. Um, I don't. How tall is he? How, what are they listing him as at? As now?
3: I think 6'10", six ten two seventy something like that. I don't know what he currently is right now amid like pandemic and stuff. If he's uh, a, a legit six ten seventy third this season, no, but I, but he's definitely
1: skilled and can, and can score. Um, he's more of your typical low post uh, center, so that's why I think he's that he's that low. Remember when he was coming in. In, as far as college seasons went, uh, he was probably the best freshman in the country last year. Yeah. I shouldn't even say probably. He was a, the best freshman in the country. Um, so, but his stock is a little low because he's a classic big man, which really doesn't exist. But you could say the same thing about Bam when he was coming out of, of from Kentucky. He didn't. He hadn't shown any of these um, you know, perimeter skills that he's showing now. So, you know, when Bam came out, he was like a, a, a
0: smallish uh
1: classic big man and that's
0: kind of what what is. i'm I'm going to throw a couple names at you uh before we get out of here uh guards because they've kind of i think the knicks should look at trying to get a point guard in the top but it but if maybe hayes or uh halliburton are gone some guys i looked at that that impressed me with their college game uh kira lewis from alabama what are your thoughts on him
1: I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't see much of him. I, I just remember, you know, very athletic, very quick, and he kind of surprised me. Kind of came out of nowhere. I'd be, a, I would be a little scared because I just don't feel like he's really done
0: enough to 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 move this far up in the draft. But you know, I could be wrong. Yeah, some people have him, <laughs> and some people got him in the lottery. I, I'm a little bit scared. He's quick. The finishing is is decent. The outside jumper still needs some work, in my opinion, but. He's an intriguing yeah. prospect. Um, I'll say that. Yeah. Another guy I liked uh, for watching some of his games, Malachi Flynn from San Diego State. Um, just not the most athletic dude, but he seemed to me like he's able to create space really well and has a good feel for the game. What do you think of him?
1: Yeah, no, I like I like him a lot as a college player. I'm not sure how, how it translates to the pros because he's not like the super crazy athlete at, at the point guard position, um, but he's a winner. Um, and, and and probably can contribute right away, you know, because he's he's older, um, so he could probably step in and, and give you give you real minutes. And 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 that's another factor now, because remember the season we have the draft now, and the season starts like in two months, <laughs> you know. So it's like yeah. guys guys that are older might be able to you know give you much you know give you more this season, especially because you're not going to have a lot of
0: time to develop. You got to really just, you know. Oh, we drafted you. It's time to go. Let's go. We got a game in a month. Yeah, it's going to be like that. Last thing for me, Knicks for the Knicks fans. What should the Knicks do in this draft? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they always find a way to mess it up. But uh, Halliburton, what? What do you, if you're the Knicks? Who should you be zoning in in this draft?
3: Halliburton.
0: Yeah, I mean it's such a crapshoot,
1: man. You know? <laughs> it's like it all depends who's who's available. If I like Halliburton, that would be a solid fit. Um, but he's not, you know, not the most spectacular. Like he, like he may have, you know, you gotta, you gotta really know the game to kind of appreciate him, and you know, so Knicks fans have to be patient um, and see him, uh, <laughs> see him like, you know, making big plays when it matters and give him time to develop. Um, like I said, uh, Achua's dropping. It, it looks like you know they'll pass on him. If you go by what you see in mock drafts, like Achua's down to like the you know mid-teens, but I really like his upside. Um, just you know, so raw, but but you know, hard worker, um, you know, relentless, and that size about six ten, and he's versatile. Can play on a you know. Eventually, I could see him playing on the perimeter. So yeah. I wouldn't mind like seeing a surprise like that. I mean, but you know, Patrick Williams we mentioned before could be a stud, or Coral would be solid. Um, you know, we're not gonna know when when the Knicks draft when the Knicks make their pick on draft night. Nobody, you know, this you know, it's going to be wide open. We won't know wh- whether it's a good pick or a bad pick until
3: next year. At the
0: early. <laughs> yeah. Is, nah, there, is
1: there? You're right. Is
0: there. This is the
3: last thing I'll ask: Is there anyone who is probably going to go in the second round who you really like? Like Jordan Nora, uh Cassius Winston, Jaden McDaniels, Omer Yurt Seven, who I really like. The Georgetown. Your bro, your and I bro. told you that when we saw him in person. I was like, yo. Bring back, back to the basket centers. And this dude could pass. Your seven could pass, too.
1: Yeah, he's just a little soft for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I watch, like, every single one of You know, I'm a Georgetown fan, so I always, I watch all their not, games. He's, he's kind Even of when they're terrible, I watch all Georgetown games.
3: He's kind of slow, too.
1: Yeah, you know, there's something about him. Um, but great shooter. That's, a yeah. you know, for his size. Mm-hmm. Great touch. But, like, slow-footed. So I, I, I'm worried about him. But I do, like... There's one guy I like a lot who's, who people have going in the in the second round, and he's kind of similar to Car- Carry to me from Duke. Is Isaiah Stewart out mm. uh, of Washington? Washington, yeah. You know, he was, and he's you know they have him listed as six eight. So he's you know, and he was a low post guy, but I feel like you know I feel like he could develop a perimeter game. He has all those skills in the world, and he's and he's a dog. You know what I'm saying? Like he every time I saw him, he was a beast you know, either, you know, win or lose. Um, I just think he got, you know, he wasn't on the best team uh, in college. They didn't really, you know, he didn't really have much around him, but that's a kid I would look out for. I think, I think he's very underrated. Um, and I felt he was underrated all, all last year, even during the season. All
0: right. Those are some people to definitely uh, keep an eye on. NBA draft virtually this year. So we won't get to hear Nick fans boo uh, as is what people like to see um we can't really have there might, a reason there to might do. be some
1: virtual booing I yeah there'll there be
0: that. some virtual but those in virtual board or people will let it be known on twitter that's for sure we absolutely oh, yeah. can count on that uh yeah. but yeah so wednesday night uh nba draft coming up i'm sure there'll be a lot more uh in terms of maybe trades that night things that we haven't even talked about yet so we'll have more to follow on that and more reaction uh murph thank you for coming through and talking with some basketball with us you know we always like that
1: no, yeah. thanks for having me. Thanks for, and there is no Patrick Ewing behind you. No Patrick Ewing in this year's draft. So <laughs> <don't worry.
0: laughs> Look, man, I had to. You know, I had to bring up shades of of the uh, the last great draft pick. We could definitely say. You know, we had a good one in Porzingis, but we know what they did with that. And that's a whole other story. But that's the last great draft pick. I got to put some positive vibes around no, me, no, man. No.
1: Hey, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm feeling positive just from seeing that picture.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> that, it, might, it might end there. I don't think it's going to go further than there, but that's probably <laughs> where it's going to end. And, you know, that's fine. Murph, thank you, my man. Appreciate you. No, thanks for having me. Some are always looking for more sports content. And among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind. We're doing things a little bit differently this week. Uh, We haven't done this in a while, but we have a guest uh, here for One Time For Your Mind. It's our good friend of the podcast, uh, good mm-hmm. friend overall. He is one of the best young sports photographers in New York City. Uh, my man, Jeffrey Armstrong, also was on season one of the Sports Walk, episode nine. Yep, yep. Uh, only episode I shot in the Boogie Down Bronx with my man, Jeff Armstrong. We walked around Yankee Stadium in the heat. Remember how hot it was that day, Jeff?
2: So hot. It was so, so hot. hot.
0: <laughs> but, Jeff, but Jeff was a trooper. He, you know, he, he did it with me. We talked some Knicks basketball, which is kind of the reason we got him here. We not We don't even have him here to talk about the photography. Here to talk about some Knicks basketball. Jeff is a long-suffering, lifelong Knicks fan like myself. And when I used to work with this man, a lot of times he'd come up to me and be like, Dex, you see the game last night? You see what happened? Yeah. And I was like, This is true. Yeah. I was there for a lot of these conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, Yeah, I know. Yo, Dex, what you think of this move? I don't know. They fucked shit up again. Who knows? Something, something happened. Jeff, I guess the first question we got for you is a suffering Knicks fan. I know Brian will probably ask why you're still rooting for the Knicks, which is a fair question. But no, they, 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 there's reason to be optimistic now. Okay, right
3: now it looks like they have a right now.
2: Right now, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, they got the coach, they got Worldwide West, they got um, uh, Leon Rose. You know, like there, there seems to be a plan.
0: Okay, but let's find out from Jeff. Jeff, how are you feeling about this team with everything that's changed with them in the last? 12, 15 months. If you did go past that, 18 months since trading KP. Now is the people that Brian mentioned are now in here and then also Tom Thibodeau as coach. How are you feeling about this organization?
2: It's tough to say, but I actually do feel confident about this team as of right now. This is before any Westbrook <laughs> trade rumors are, are, are made. But right now, I, I'm liking the direction that the organization is on. And it looks like James Dolan doesn't have much of a a say within what's going on right now. So as long as he's out of any decision-making, I'm perfectly fine with the way this this organization is going.
0: Yeah, I think that's, yeah. the, way, that's the way a lot of Knicks fans feel, right? Brian, you'd agree with that.
3: I think, I think the Knicks fans that I talk to pretty much feel the same way. They want James Dolan to stop meddling. I know, Dexter, you very badly want him to stay no. out of the way because, no, I mean— Look and and Dexter, you have the the Mets Jets Knicks combo where it's like all your oh, owners kind of suck until now. Steve Cohen, I mean, we're gonna see what happens with the Mets because we'll it looks like that'll flip very soon. But as far as the other two situations, the Knicks in particular, because you're you're like kind of half into the Jets. Yeah, they about to like, get they about
0: to get dropped. They're very yeah, close I, to getting I dropped. I feel
3: like if they were be good or interesting or at least trying you would be like all right cool like when Sam Darnold got drafted you were like oh okay there's reason for optimism here they were 10 and 6 a couple years before but that wasn't the case and with the Knicks i mean i don't even remember the record last year but look they were they were better
2: you know Honestly, what i'm mean?
3: they were better and I mean, they. I feel like they should have been even better, but the way they built their roster was, uh,
2: you know what I'm saying? They yeah, had ten really power good. forwards.
3: It just wasn't really <laughs> ideal. But now, like Jeff, I mean, you hinted on the trade rumors and you touched on that a little bit, and I want to know. So we, <laughs> I don't think the Russell Westbrook deal should happen. I tweeted about that. I mean, we all talked about this actually on Twitter. And we don't think that it should happen. But just your gauge of like some of these things, like what do you want to happen? What do you not want to happen as far as the Russell Westbrook rumor goes, as far as the talk of, and I don't know if this is real, but them being willing to trade R.J. Barrett or Mitchell Robinson, which I don't really think they should do, but like just what's, what's how do you feel about hearing all of this?
2: Well, that R.J. Barrett and uh, Mitchell Robinson one is new. I didn't hear that. But I do feel like, if we do get Westbrook, that just messes up the development of RJ and whoever we do draft. And
0: that just puts us in a, in a deeper hole than we're already in. Yeah, I feel like there's no need there's no need for the Knicks to do there's this. No yeah, I think there's no need to do it at all. Unless you, unless, and I don't even think it could happen because the Rockets don't have it. Unless you can get back multiple first rounders, which the Rockets can't do, which is why there's no reason to take on that salary and, and, and do that. And a lot of people, you hear, oh, New York Knicks are desperate for a star. No, you know what we're desperate for? winning that's just what we're desperate being, just, for just
3: being good yeah that's it. Not a is, star. There, is there any star y'all would want like any star like or, or maybe i don't know if there's star but like any name player like i saw a couple nick fans tweet out like y'all and i'd rather take for that i'd rather have kevin love instead of russell westbrook
2: which i, I would i, I would rather like that me.
0: I would rather that too, but I don't really want Kevin Love. I mean, yeah, I ask, asking Love me <laughs> what star player I want, like what realistic star player I can get, because I'd be like, hey, I want Luka Doncic, but that's not going to happen. No, you know what no, I'm saying? But I mean, realistically,
3: realistically? Like, because, because you're, you're, the Knicks are in a position – as we get into this, the Knicks are in a position where they can kind of do what some other teams have did in the past. I think the Nets, actually, the Nets, not I think the Nets did do this recently, where it's like, yo, you can take back some star or past star or star ish level talent who's kind of who kind of has a contract that's you know more than what it should be if mm-hmm. you take in a draft pick, or it doesn't even have to be a star, but a player. Like, would you be willing to kind of like with the Nets and the Damari Carroll deal where it's like, oh, this is a throw in. You get the draft pick. You know, you're just eating salary for the sake of eating salary. Like, it's, you know, kind of like what Andrew Wiggins was that last year, I guess you would say.
0: Yeah, I think if the player, Jeff Ozzy used too, but I think if the player has like two years and under on the contract, you know, I'd probably yeah. take it. Maybe even three, if that you got the right kind of picks. I'm if the Knicks did that, they should be all about gaining assets right now. That's kind of where, where I'm
2: at. But I, I, I would assume that the Rockets would want a pick or or another young another another young player in return for Westbrook.
3: They're fucking. They should not get a pick for Russell Westbrook.
2: It should be I, I would, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't even give it up if
3: you're giving me that fucking contract.
0: I agree. Honestly but they're looking at it like we're giving you a star and that's fine. And that might be true, but yes. I don't think it's the star that works for the Knicks. I think there's teams, you know, we've talked about this work better for Charlotte, Orlando teams. I, that really I think need a Charlotte
2: star. is the best fit.
0: Yeah. Teams that need a star that can't get them through free agency. All right. So Jeff, like Brian said, talking about uh, what you'd like to see happen with this team in the offseason. who are some players that you would actually like to see, the team target maybe bringing here to help our situation as Knicks fans.
2: Well, I'm not too sold on this free agency. I'm not. There's no particular player that I would like to see in a Nick uniform. I'm all for like the player development this year, and just 2020 2021 is the the off season I'm looking for. I, I we we I want Giannis. I want Giannis.
0: Mm.
2: Woo! Big uh, dreamer. I want I, I want to develop the, the young core of R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and. Hopefully that, that entices Giannis to come to New York.
3: Is there anybody because we, we we talked about this a little bit off mic, but like the best players or not the best players in like period, but the best players for your particular situation will probably be Fred Van Vliet, Joe Harris, Davis Bertans, uh, Bogdanovich as Dexter also mentioned uh, off mic. Like these are players who will probably help your long term situation because one of them is a point guard, the other guys could shoot. You could always yeah. use shooting. for is a little more size. If they were, and this is for both of you, long-term contracts to any of those guys, would you be fine with it if, you know, depending on what it looks like?
2: Uh, Fred Van Fleet, I wouldn't mind him. I wouldn't mind him. at all. He, he, He's proven himself these last two years with the, with the Raptors. So I, I think he can help change and change and push the culture
0: in New York. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a guy that can too at the right price. Um if it's over 20 per year I'm probably like nah uh but I think he's that kind of guy you might like you know right he's he's 26 still in his prime young to play the point but if they draft a the point guard and we'll get to that a little bit later if they draft a the point guard and that kid is young and we get to see him develop you know it seems like Jeff and I are on the same page with this right like can they actually develop young players we haven't seen that here and actually have the patience to do it and not try to hit the home run but to that point Brian if they Add shooters, which is value. You're always going to need shooters in this league. If that's where they choose to spend some money, maybe going after a Joe Harris, even a Davis Bertans. Bertans. Now, I think some of those guys are going to get overpaid, and you might have to come to a price and say, should we spend this on this now? Yeah. I wouldn't be mad if they overpaid for it because shooting's a premium, and it's hard to find shooters. So that might be a good way to invest in your team, especially with somebody who's pretty young. Um, or or as in the case of Harris and Bertans, it's still relatively in their prime. So if they spent the money that way, that would be smart. Bogdanovich is another player, I think. I would spend the money on a little bit more, too. He can create his own shot, too, and he's got a good shot. Go get a guy like that that's young. That'll help the culture. I'm for that.
2: Which one was this? Is that the one I played for the Kings or the Pacers? Yeah,
0: sorry. I should have said that. That's Kings Bogdanovich, not uh, former Pacers, now Jazz Bogdanovich.
3: The one who's looking at Buddy Hill like, you got
0: that? And well, I'm starting, and you're on the up. bench? Yeah, that's right. the one.
3: And he's probably going to get overpaid for. Uh, what about uh, Carmelo Anthony? One year, $8 million? No? No? <laughs> Thanks. <Wow. laughs>
0: Look, Jeff. He could help
3: R.J. Barrett.
2: I mean, you, see, you know, he, he can help him take touches away. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is, what's your, what's, give us
3: your theory on this, because we talked about this.
0: Yeah, story. so here's the thing, right, Jeff? <laughs> Look, a lot. it's it's a nice story. We all like the nice stories. Carmelo comes back to the Garden. If there's fans in no the building. No Phil Jackson. You no know, Phil Jackson. He's going to get a standing ovation. People like to see him. Maybe he helps lead the Knicks back to the playoffs. And I want to put it in this situation. A lot of people wrote Carmelo off. They said Carmelo couldn't do this anymore. Carmelo yeah. clearly showed he could play in the team game. He was good as a third option out there in Portland. He's fine. There's a problem, though, if he comes to the Knicks. He can't be that. As soon as he steps in the locker room, he's gonna look around and be like, "Oh, I'm better than all of you," and he's right. And he's right. That's the yep. thing. He's right. And so Carmelo is gonna feel like it's 2010 and start jacking shots like his dad again, and that hurts. The word of the day that Jeff brought us: development. development. It hurts development, yep. and we don't need that right now.
3: You know what, though, I do think that I don't know if this is gonna happen, but I will say this: if they were fans, if we got rid of COVID by now, if everything was all good, I would kind of like to see it. But there being no fans, I don't need it. You know, I don't need it. It was. It won't be as fun if I see Carvalho Anthony in the Knicks uniform again in an empty arena, yelling at Julius Randle for not rotating on the defensive, whatever.
0: Oh, I don't want to see that it might be with fans, fans or around. without fans. <laughs> yeah, it don't matter, with fans or without fans. We're, we're, we're good on that. All right, so, you know, early in this episode, we talked to our guy, Jamal Murphy, about the draft. Uh, We had him here with us. And I got to ask you, draft is coming up. This is an interesting time. As you know, uh, to quote words from uh, the famous WeeBay from The Wire, uh, most years we're sitting there like what WeeBay said. I believe that was in season one. The Knicks done fucked up their draft again. That's what we say most years. Uh, How do the Knicks not fuck up their draft this time? Well. That is a tough question, Jeff. Got, un- that is unfortunately, a tough question. We
2: got the eighth, we got the eighth pick again.
0: Hmm. So
2: I I I, I feel like you can't mess that up.
0: No, you oh, can't you cuz can, you're next.
2: You can. so <laughs> Let me pull up the You're right. You're right. Let
0: well, me pull this up. The last
2: eighth pick we had was uh, my guy Frank Nilakino. You know I I I get a lot I get a lot of stuff for for say he's my guy, but I'm going to ride with him for one more year.
0: Both of y'all. So,
2: <laughs> Jeff and I both like that pick. I'm going to ride for one more year. Hopefully hopefully we, we we got some development coders in here so hopefully we see something but I don't know this is not this isn't really not a deep draft so it, it's it's hard to to say what we need and who we who we should draft.
3: Is Let it? me just give you this real quick. The history of uh, the eighth overall pick as it pertains to the last decade. I'm just going to read off ten names who were most recently the eighth overall pick so you know what company you guys are drafting in. All so right. You have uh, last year was Jackson Hayes, the year before Colin Sexton, uh, the year before that Frank Nielakina, in 2016 Marquise Chris, 2015 Stanley Johnson, 2014 Nick Stauskas, 2013 Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 2012, Terrence Ross, 2011, Brandon Knight, 2010, Al Minu. Aminu.
0: So, within <laughs> that 2009,
3: group, 2009, Jordan Hill.
0: Another nice. Nick pick. So, nice. within hey, hearing
3: 2005, that... Hey, right, that was a good Nick pick.
0: Within hearing that, I'm just going to... That was a decent pick at that time. Within hearing that, you did not name, if I'm not mistaken, in the last decade, the eighth pick, there has not been one all-star. There is probably one the best player out of that, if I'm not mistaken, out of everything I heard, the best player out of that just won a championship with the Lakers and Contavius Call Paul. Yep, that was the best player out of everybody with well, eighth pitch.
3: Well, we still have to see what happens with Jackson Hayes, uh, and Colin Sexton. I'm a little mm-hmm. more optimistic about Jackson Hayes' so development
2: there. Uh- <laughs> yeah.
3: And, you know, house, when you go further back it doesn't get much better because there's joe alexander and brandon Wright, but there's also rudy gay you know what i mean jamal crawford in the year 2000 in the 90s the eighth overall pick was way better because you had andre miller larry hughes and Kerry kittles and brian Grant and vin baker but that's so long those are those, back. some of those guys made all, multiple all-star
0: teams yeah cool.
3: and a couple of those guys also played with the knicks past their primes but look uh, there's also some talk about whether or not the Knicks will trade up, trade back. I don't know. I just think that as it pertains to the actual players, Tyrese Halliburton, Killian Hayes, one of those two. That's your guy. I kind of like Halliburton a little bit more, but we know this thing is a crapshoot. Crap shoot. At the end of the day, like I feel like it does. It shouldn't matter what pick or whatever. Like there are teams that figure this out all the time. Like Miami yeah. just find bam out of bios and tyler heroes and then they signed kendrick nunn and duncan robinson for nothing it's like there are organizations that just are able to find guys you know the spurs yep, identified it, why leonard and traded for him like the knicks just
2: have to be able to do it regardless of where the pick is and it all comes down to development and that too yeah. I, I i i agree with the tyler hero and the bam i feel like if tyler hero was drafted by the knicks mm-hmm. he would be a nobody not a nobody, but Damn. I feel like he would suffer. I feel like he would he would suffer with the way the media is, is just the lifestyle of New York. What oh, uh, he,
3: he would be getting uh, so much, you know, yeah. fill in the
2: blank here. Well, I mean that can happen.
0: That can happen in Miami too. I mean, it is in happening in Miami. Yeah. He's
3: with Kyle Kuzma's ex already, and look, <laughs> like I understand, like. The whole thing about NBA players and being with the same women roughly, but like, yo, I mean, if you look at her Instagram, like, I get it. You know what I mean? I, I understand.
0: I'm not, I'm, I'm sh- just saying
3: New York, that would have been an issue too.
0: I'm but, sure it yeah. would have been. So, is it, would you want to see the Knicks move up at all in this draft, Jeff?
2: I, I wasn't upset. I wouldn't be upset if, if they did that. I saw that they were interested in the second pick. But uh, the asking price that the Warriors were asking was just a bit too high. Not sold on uh, giving up Mitchell Robinson. Not sold on that. For,
3: for for so I would assume that would be for probably James Wiseman. That if if Mitchell Robinson would be in that trade. Yeah. Unless they want to pair Lamelo Ball up in RJ Barrett, which I like the no, idea no, no, no. Of a little bit more before uh, before the last few months.
0: Why'd you say? Why'd you say no to that, Jeff? You're not a fan of Lamelo Ball.
2: No, I, I like his game. I think I think he matured a bit from his high school days when he was pulling up from seventy feet. <laughs> but I just don't. I, I don't. I don't know how that would work.
3: Who is the draft pick uh, for both of you guys? Who is the draft pick at eighth overall that would piss you off the most, and why is it Cole Anthony and Obi Toppin?
2: <laughs> oh, oh, one hundred percent was going to go with Obi Toppin. One hundred percent was going to go. With Obi I like Toppin. Obi Toppin too. You know uh, I mean? he's, he's, a, he's a great college player great but i don't think, <laughs> I, I i'm not too sure if his game is going to translate into the NBA
0: i'm not sold on him either i don't know if there's anybody just re- the
3: one that 22 year old with the eighth
2: overall pick i understand that
3: no it. i mean
2: well Cole Cole's also 21 so we, we, we so both right. of them are,
3: that's right he's an older freshman
0: yeah that's right I forgot
3: Cole Anthony's 21 oh boy
0: I think I think the thing is about how much both those guys how much more they can development develop or how much more development they have in them that make that questions to me Toppin you know still got the athleticism but I'm like Jeff I'm not sure how that all translates to the NBA um I I really want to see the Knicks get the best point I think I'll be pissed if they kind of don't take a point guard they have so many like that, holes. They have,
2: they have. to get a. They have to get a point. Yeah. And they have Kyra so,
0: Lewis, You guys like. All. Yeah, we like, like Kyra Lewis Kyra. from Alabama. Yeah. Um, if they could, you know, if they felt like uh, the point guard they wanted, like you mentioned, Hayes or Halliburton, both of whom I like, although I have some concerns about both of them, like like Hayes is very left hand dominant and doesn't really use his other hand, and so that kind of concerns me. But if they couldn't get those guys, to say, hey, we're going to move down and think they can get a Kyra Lewis and Add an asset or something. I would be fine with them doing that. Identify the guys you want to get, go after them, target that guy. If you think Kyrie Lewis is a player, which I've heard people like Ian Begley and others report that they think there's some interest in, him, all right, fine, go. Let's go target him and get some more assets, and then see what else you could do with the 27th pick. Um, and what you now, what you have there.
2: Here's something I wouldn't be upset with. Like, let's say they do drive Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. but then we also have what the 20 something pick.
0: Twenty seven. And yeah. thirty
2: nine or something. And, like that? All right. I, I think uh Trey Jones would be available at either of those picks. Brian likes that guy. Brian likes him. I, I I wouldn't be upset with Trey Jones in the for a, a late first round pick, second round pick.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting too, Jeff, because you wouldn't be mad if they ended up taking two point guards and you know, if one of them emerges as a backup and one emerges as a starter, I don't think that's a yep. bad plan. I two they can play together. Or they play together. I too am fine on Trey. Trey Jones is a late first round pick. A lot of people projecting to be a backup guard, but a solid backup guard or low end starting NBA point guard, very possible. Another guy like is Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State. Guy could create his own shot. Could be a combo combo kind of guard. Look, we need talent, man. I keep saying that. The right talent. The right talent. The right talent. You need the right talent. I want- like you know, I would wonder because uh, and Trey Jones is somebody
3: I really like. Uh, for them late, I also like Devon Dotson, who uh, me and Jeff saw up close. I think he played at the Barclay Center in Kansas. Yes, uh, yes, yes. This was this was a cup. I think we saw him twice. Fast as fuck. He is probably yep. the fastest player in this draft. Mm. Uh, he's good. He could his shot could get a little better, but I think he's somebody who I'm intrigued by what he could do at the next level. And he's out of Kansas. I. I wonder if he could be a Devontae Graham type, you know what I mean, where he just kind of has a whatever first season and then blows up when he gets some more uh, more of an opportunity the next year. I wonder also because like there's trading back, trading up, like how far – because they have – I'm looking at it now, 8-27-38. If you're trying to trade up because maybe this isn't the draft to trade up, but maybe there's somebody you really like who will go high up. Can 8-27-38 get you into the top, I don't know, three? Does it get you past four? And if so, like, is there somebody there who maybe if Anthony Edwards falls or maybe they really like uh, one of these other guys like Patrick Edwards, who is really, you know, high uh, or a lot of people are very high on him now?
0: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have to know that, look, if they're going to make a move like that and move up and they identified somebody I think that's great, then fine. It would say a lot, especially if they got it right, they get lauded for it. Isaac you,
3: Okoro, okay. Onieku you, like you, there's a bunch of guys. Look,
0: I would say if you identify a guy as a front office and you believe in him and you think that dude, guy can be that dude or that kind of player and you want to go for it and get it, fine. But, you know, I remember the last time we ever seen the Knicks do that in the draft. I'm not sure we've ever seen the Knicks do that in the draft. Mm, um, that's true. You know, really, really target a guy and get it. Get go get that guy. So, if they feel that way with this front office, you know, we'll see. This is a big draft for them. Um, I think they got to get value out of it in some way. So, whether that's targeting a guy, whether that's kind of what Jeff is saying, looking at what you're doing later in the draft with 27, identifying the right kind of guy there too. That stuff is huge.
2: Um, but what I, yeah. I can't say, they have done a pretty good job later in the draft, like the last few years. That's true. They, we, were able, we were able to find Mitchell Robinson, and uh, it gives. Iggy, we was able to get him. Yep, so I, I like his game. So maybe he he gets some NBA minutes. But I think we've been we've been able to capitalize on like the late draft, like draft situations. Yeah. I even like the dude uh,
0: in the G League. I forgot his name. Um, Kenny Wooten? Kenny Wooten. Kenny Wooten. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love his game too. Blocker. You know, yeah. the, the Knicks' guy has you not know what? been In fairness,
3: though, they, they might actually. It's funny because we were talking about Killian Hayes and Tyrese Halliburton, and there's no guarantee that they're going to fall there. Like it's possible that you might need to package a tour or even all your picks to move up to like four and secure that you get one of those guys. Cause there are a couple of mm-hmm. other teams who may want somebody. And I think, yo, you can, you can pack it. If you really believe, I think Dexter to your point, if you really believe that's your guy, you could package eight. Let's say they even package all three of them, eight, 27, 38. You could buy another second round pick. You know, know you what I could. mean? We'll just buy it back into the second Look, round. Look,
0: man, if you get the guy and he's that dude and that dude turns out into, I'm not even saying it's to be a superstar, but if he turns out to be an all star level player, which is, I think, what people like Jeff and I are hoping and looking for, yo, that's not too bad. But, you know, Jeff, I don't know where you are now. I guess what, what is your, how are you feeling after we talk this? This is kind of like a mixed therapy here. After you've talked through this, as as our man Greg would say, you need some mixed therapy. As you've talked through this, are you even feeling more optimistic? Because you've started making me feel a little bit better. I don't know about you. Yeah,
2: I I, I can't think negative anymore. Like I said, I, I feel like James Dolan is not doesn't have his hand in as many decisions as he did in the past. Uh, we got uh, Leon Rose, Will Wild West. We also got my guy Scout and Alex Klein. He used to be with the, the Pelicans, so. Mm. We're, we're we're trying to shift the culture here, and I'm all in. I'm all
0: in. All right. Well, we hope that we in. hope they shift the culture. We hope things get better. Um, and we find we got some picks in here, or have an off season we could be happy about. Well, and before we go, guys, what would you like to see? If the Knicks, let's say they, they hit on these draft picks, whatever it is, they get a guy in here that that looks good that has us excited. What do you think for other Knicks fans should be if they do those things and they have a decent off season? Maybe sign a shooter or two. What do you think? It would be a good season in your eyes for the New York Knicks in 2020, 2021?
2: Hmm, it's a when great you, question. When you've lost
0: that much, you got to take time and think about it.
2: That 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 is that <laughs> is true. That is true. That is true. Like if 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 we if we can squeeze into the AFC, because I don't I don't see the East being as strong as it, it is. Okay, so it, it, it's a it, the, the last five spots. Really, so the last four playoff spots is like a toss-up. So, if you can have a competitive year, I, like we don't have to win a lot, but if we have a competitive year, I don't mind seeing a whole bunch of games that we lose, but at least lose by five. They're in the games, right? Yeah, yeah, as long as we're in the game and we're learning something out of it, like
0: I, I can rock with that. I don't want to see these teams get blown out and we're all depressed. Oh, no, no, well, I don't get I depressed about Nick
2: games anymore. What do you that want to see not. at of RJ Barrett this season? I want to see him learn how to shoot the ball.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> hit some free throws. <laughs> Hit, oh, oh, um, I don't know if that's gonna happen anytime soon. But... Oh shit! All he, what do you mean, Jeff? What do you mean you don't know what's gonna happen anytime soon? All he's had is time during this pandemic to be shooting. <laughs> RJ is, better come out shooting true. good. That is true. That I is true. I do
2: think
3: he's one of these dudes. Like he's he's gonna put in too much work to just be a total like bust or whatever the case may be. Like I think he's gonna end up being good. I'm still very high on him.
2: Yeah, I, he just the thing was he had a he had a solid season. He just hit his rookie wall. And but and this
3: team didn't give him, like, proper the, spacing. The, the proper tools, spacing. Yeah. Like, he, had, you know, he looks around, and it's like, Bobby Portis is here, and fucking Taj Gibson is here, and Mitchell Robinson is here. And then it's like, what the fuck? Like, where am I going to yeah, well, go was, do my shit? Last you know? <laughs>
2: year's team was poorly constructed, so I, I'm not going to put too much of that on him. But I feel like if he has enough sp- like, we do need shooters. So if we have shooters, then the floor is spaced out. Because he's a fantastic driver. So yeah. if he if he has the, the the shooters where he could just drive the bas- drive the ball and then kick it out, I think he'll have a pretty good year.
0: Get right. Gotta
3: hit 80 percent of those free throws too. guess it a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely yes. intrigued to see how his game improves. All right, man, Jeff. Uh, we thank you for joining us on this Knicks therapy. Hopefully, the Knicks don't fuck up their draft again. That is that is the hope. <laughs> We're hoping that doesn't that doesn't happen. Uh, That's it for this episode of the A Hard to Tell podcast. Thank you to our guest, Jeffrey Armstrong, also Jamal Murphy. Uh, Please be sure to subscribe. uh, Check out our survey. Leave us a review. um, And tell Brian that he is a Heat fan because we all know that he is, even though he'd be frying. It's all good. (laughs) Mixing seven. Mixing seven. Mixing seven. That that is the word. All right. That's it for this episode of the A Hard to Tell podcast. For Brian Fonseca. Our guy, Jeffrey Armstrong. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.